0: Crash Courts podcast. Uh, we'll get right into it and just uh, start discussing things and stuff and stuff and things. And other things. And more stuff. Issues and problems. Wrong podcast. This is not um, oh, no. this we're, American We're in a
1: lighthearted life. mood now, not depressing. We're, we're de- trying de- to fix people. <laughs> when were we trying to fix people? <laughs> we to fix people? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh. Okay. Fix John's confused. How broken would
2: somebody have to be for us <laughs> to be the ones to, to fix, fix them? them?
1: That's true. That's true. Uh, uh, very true. <laughs> We're like the, It's like that sign that's at the halfway point of the bridge. Please, please. Don't it's, jump? Don't jump. Don't jump. So weird. I have this... I thought that sign said, Don't take pictures. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. Hey. They don't care if you jump anymore. Before just we... don't take pictures of it. <laughs> Be- uh,
0: before that's we get mean. into this week's album, I just want to address up front, um, the Wall Street players are not with us today. Um, unfortunately, one of the members had an emergency to attend to, so <laughs> we're going to reschedule with them. Um, so we're going forward with my album choice that would have been this week had we not been... Getting together with the Wall Street Players, so I'll make so that correction. So the one that
2: is this week. Yeah,
0: is uh, is garbage. latest from last year. But, um, but I'll, I can't obviously change it in last week's podcast, but I'll correct it on the website. Um, but before we get into the album, I want to talk about this. Since we already have a topic for later, there's just something I want to briefly mention about um, uh, M83, Midnight City, the song that I'm recently obsessed with. Do you guys get, like, you'll hear a song and then it just gets stuck in your head for weeks and no matter how many times you play it, you can't stop listening to it? Isn't that, like, the definition of, of our whole entire purpose here? <laughs> yeah. But but if there was a song like that, was there one recently? Because mine, most recent, before this was Candy by Robbie Williams, I remember we talked about. But this one, M83, uh, Midnight City, I just can't get out of my head.
1: No. It's hard I, to say, recently? It takes a lot for someone yeah, to do no, that. No,
2: I never have that. Never. I have a n- mnemonic. What's that word? N- oh, no, no, yeah, it is. It's like an n- It's like n-
1: mnemonic.
2: Mnemonic. I just, if I get a song stuck in my head and I don't want to think about it anymore, I just repeat row, row, row your boat over and over and over again in my head. And eventually I forget about row, row, row your boat and move on to the next thing. Interesting. Huh. It's how I get rid of,
1: of like, Nicki Minaj out of my head well mm. i want
0: that to go away too
1: actually I watched American Psycho a few days ago so I have hip to be square oh, in- <laughs> that's a good
0: one that's a good
1: one yeah row row
2: row <laughs> no, no way we no. can't sing that we don't have the rights to that nobody has the rights to that it's, Look at this, it's the man not holding me down.
1: Yeah, that's been in, like, public domain for what? How many hundred years? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hundreds of years? I don't know. Hundreds of years. Maybe not. Does anybody know, like, when that was actually from? We should know this, but it's just one of those things. i It's sure just so if obvious. If there's someone out there on the internet actually listening, I'm sure they'll correct us. Or maybe they won't. Well, it's going <laughs> to... See, that's a problem. We can't actually sit here and take up podcast time to go on our smartphones and check it out. Well, I mean, eventually I think we'll just... (laughs) Because otherwise, I really, really want to know right now. When we're bigger and more famous, we'll hire Google Monkey to just Google stuff for us. Which came
2: first? Famous enough. Which came first, Twinkle Twinkle or the Alphabet Song? And there was silence. Anyway, Garbage's new album.
0: So this was my pick this week. uh, Mozart Garbage is... (laughs) Garbage's latest album called uh, Not Your Kind of People, um, and let's get right into it. The first track was Automatic Systematic Habit. Um, it was kind of a cookie-cutter intro. It wasn't anything. It, was, it wasn't it was too far out of the realm for Garbage, and just in general, it, it
2: kind of hit it a was, lot. It was Call
1: of, Me Maybe for, for girls that are a few years older than that.
2: It had shallow lyrics about sex. It was very repetitive. It had a loud beat. I want to talk like that I was making that noise Because I'm depressed <laughs> Loud beat drowns out The rest of the song That bass was a
1: little Too heavy handed And the drums were even worse It was meh I see you're actually Getting to my level Of pretentiousness Like like Those kind of things Depress you <laughs> Yeah it was depressing God help us all Because garbage is good stuff And garbage is bad stuff
2: And this was bad
1: Yeah And then and They definitely named themselves that Just so people would, To be able to talk about them In this fashion like, yeah. You listen to that garbage? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I do. I'm proud. Steve has been
2: enamored all night
1: with their name. Yeah, it's kind of sorrow, it's, and but... it's kind of that joke that I'm sure has been made a billion times. It's like the From definition what? of their name, but it's, it's, it's interesting because they are, and this is getting serious, they're a very interesting mishmash of genres. They should have been called Refuse. Refuse. It's I more can see appropriate. Because um, garbage is stuff you're getting rid of. Refuse could be, there could be gems in there. That's right. Refuse is simply stuff that is out, but, you know, you could get it back. The bag lady should go through it. (laughs) Minimally. Mm -hmm. And the
2: next song, Big Bright World, another appropriately attributed song. Bono intro, and everybody knows how much I like Bono. Um, The lyrics were a lot better. It was more of a love song as opposed to a uh, lust song. It was slow and kind of distorted, but very pretty. I thought it was very well
1: made. And it very had a lot less follow. bass,
0: a lot more treble. It was much clearer. And you could hear Shirley Manson singing a lot better, too.
1: This was definitely better than the first track, but if I had a, a blaring critique, it's that the overall techno that they had come up with it was kind of ubiquitous throughout. They didn't They didn't change it up enough for me. Like, it had one sound, and that was it. It was an interesting sound, but it wore on me. And then blood for poppies, so blood
0: for poppies was a little hard, more hardened. It had a bit more of an edge, uh, a nice heavy guitar
2: riff in it. Um, I really liked the guitar in this song. Yeah, it was it was
0: definitely very, a, a lot harder hitting, and it kind of had an almost hip hop singing style, which Shirley Manson's done in the past before. But uh, but but uh, Butch Vig, uh, one of the other members of the band, definitely put in a harder edge and a harder spin on on the guitar
2: in this. It, is, so. it was a lot more inventive. It, stayed, it still stays uh, very,
1: relatively simple, but it was a lot more inventive in its simplicity. Yeah, this took a real uphill turn. It had really great transitions. And that, that's, that's the kind of diversity that I was looking for in the last track that I didn't get. Here, I got it.
2: And it had that, really, that, that very late, weird, drowning-style uh, breakdown, which yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, those kind of transitions, exactly. I mean, they, they were experimenting here. They were playing with the equalizers and everything like that. I mean, the guitar and bass and drums, they stayed the same. Yeah. But they, they fooled around <coughs> with it. It was it was definitely a better produced
1: song. A very quirky track. Except right. for the dramatic shift at the end, which I think we were on opposite ends on. I wasn't so much a fan of that. I thought that just broke a little bit too much away. It was that kind of departing from from the norm, for the sake of departing from the norm didn 't last that long, but i don 't think it really worked for the track. I was okay with it it wasn 't that jarring for me I thought well it was one thing that kept right.
2: the jarring it a minor it would have kept the jarring from getting too bad was the guitar work remained steady throughout no that 's true, and that I was a solid that. piece of unifying the whole track, uh, which is actually what allowed those you know more inventive breakdowns to progress pros- properly and then next song control this was one that was really. A solid through-and-through track. Not fully solidly
1: good, but fully solid of a track. To be honest, in this early part of the album here, it's an uphill slope. Like, each one is better than the next. Yeah. Control was very raw
0: and intriguing in the background, but the thing I liked about Control is even though the chorus kind of seemed displaced from the rest of the song, I thought the flow of it still kind of worked very well, and it, it definitely was a lot more raw than a lot of the other tracks.
1: True, and I, that's, that, that's why I kind of, the chorus disappointed me so much, because, you know, when you have a good thing, you want it to kind of persist. The rawness was so overpowering, like, I, I wanted them to play with that a yeah, little the, bit more, the, and then they thrust me back into this chorus, which is kind of standard... And very happy. Death. It, they it had it they took, had metal it riffs going on. They had metal they guitar was, riffs. The, the but bass, the, the bass was oh, oh that rumbled up
2: and down, and was very emotionally <laughs> charged. The lyrics, the vocals, and the music matched up. And the only thing that stayed through in the chorus was the vocals. Yeah, that was the, that was a unifying factor, and that wasn't enough. It was uh, the vocals were once again being overshadowed oh. by the instruments. Um
1: but yeah, I really wanted that. You know, but I, was, I gotta
2: give it points for creativity. They fooled oh, around yeah. a lot with the with the instruments in this one, and it had a great ending. Definitely, great
1: ending. Like I said, primary critique. It's like that that chorus. It just took away from it so much. It was like it's like they dropped me into a cave and then yanked me back up to see the sun. It's like no, I wanted to go spelunking. I wanted to explore the cave. Sometimes you're in a cave, and it's like this is cool. <laughs> There are so many jokes about what you just said that I have <laughs> that
2: would totally not be rateable on this this podcast. Keep it clean, keep it clean. Yeah, I know. Oh, man, dude. You can't Moving say on me. to track
0: five. You oh,
1: can't say them. It's great. Track
0: five was the title track, Not Your Kind of People. It was uh, a very beautiful, <laughs> lyrically driven song.
1: Great melody. Yet again, yeah. better and better and better. Yeah, very simple. Shines.
2: Very simple overall. Very little yeah. interaction of the instruments but they effed with them back and forth and had so much fun with it. It was... I, I
1: heard Black Heart Procession. I heard Modest Mouse. I heard... It, it's impossible to talk about uh, this band without any number of other bands coming to mind. It's very I, unique, but... I, I heard... its way, <laughs> copycat.
2: I heard... Protest Song. I heard 1960s Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young in this. I mean... we yes, were all on different
1: pages. <laughs> this was...
2: And it sounded nothing like it, but it had that same emotional almost anthem-styled protest feel to it, and it was great for it.
1: Yeah, and that's why this is going to be a really, really tricky band, band as a whole and album as a whole to rate, because, to be honest, this, this mishmash could really work in their favor or not work in their favor. And at this It's point, hard to find a center. Yeah, at this, this point, I'm not feeling a, a real solid flow through the album. And there has not been a single album that we've reviewed so far where I said, yeah, not really feeling the flow, and yet I admit that the tracks are getting better and better and better yes. as we're going. Like, more diversity was aiding it at this point. Felt. Track six. Guitar
2: was a little jarring, but I did enjoy it. Vocals were once again being overpowered.
0: This was kind of a... More towards a, <coughs> a standard garbage track. Um, kind of your build-up song. Um, it was It was more along the lines of some of their
1: older stuff from the last couple of and albums. And
2: it felt very standard. Yes. Very reverb-heavy.
1: Yes. And I don't think it aided... Uh, it's cause in this particular track no, Because when you so have either. a lot of reverb you know, it, it drowns out a lot of other nuances And I think that could have been brought out
0: Yeah, no, yeah I don't think the reverb helped in this place It was yeah. a little odd in, Honestly, knowing their, their past discography The fact that uh, Shirley Manson's voice kept getting drowned out Quite a bit was not atypical In, in previous works Her voice still kind of standed out Especially on the tracks I played for you guys that weren't from this album. like Those songs, her voice was still kind of at the forefront, even though there was this loud, awesome machine
2: behind it. Cacophony. cacophony. There was a cacophony. Is that the word? You were so proud of that.
1: Did I get oh, yeah. the word right? It's cacophony. Oh, I'm sorry. I was so... <laughs> Anyway. It's forgivable. But, but also, I loved the guitar intro, honestly. That oh, was such a beautiful was, end, yeah. and it took me forever to think of what it was, and Matt finally reminded me, the beginning of that song it reminds was, me so much of Lazy Eye by the Silver Sun pickups.
0: Yeah, it had a very similar kind of
1: slow guitar riff opening. Yeah. And it's like, it, it just goes to show they can pull off all of these genres flawlessly. That, that really says a lot their credit. Their, they, their have, they have diversity
0: in this band. Well, also, yeah. the, the other band members whose names of all I can't remember, they're all producers as well. They produce music as well. Right. And they kind of came together, putting this <clears throat> together this kind of electronic band, and then they just didn't have a singer, and that's where they found this kind of very diverse voice from the sound. It's not a heavy grunge metal singer. It's a very
1: beautiful, light kind of voice. Right, but the only problem is that uh, at Felt, this is the first track in a previous uphill five tracks. This is the first one where I thought it took a decline. A little bit of a decline because, and on the whole, the reverb really killed the the creativity that they were going for. I and think. and the next, the next track, "I Hate Love," took
2: another dive. This, this was, was this song was all rhythm. It was very high. Yeah, electronic. It was rhythm. it was solid beat machine, and it had great vocals and it had great lyrics, and you could not get to them through this overpowering beat. Yeah. This was an exaggeration of the problems I had with Felt. It was cluttered. It was very cluttered. It had. It was. It was like they were using five sets of drums to do this beat, well, and bit- that was the only instruments they were using, and it was just killing the rest of
1: it. Yeah, but fair enough. At, at this at this point in the album, we've reached this point again. We're in the sixth, seventh track. You almost forgive a little bit of a decline because you think it, you know it hasn't quite reached its peak yet. <laughs> And at this point, it really did prove that because after that came sugar. Sugar was unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. It was. It had a beautiful intro. It was well paced.
0: It was. The lyrics were fantastic, and Shirley Manson's voice
2: shined on this track. I gotta nitpick. The lyrics weren't fantastic. Her vocals were amazing, but the lyrics were actually very simple. Oh sure. But, <laughs> no, they were
1: very simple But they were
0: still fantastic They don't have to be complicated to be fantastic No, I, I mean, I've it's often, simple in a
2: negative term In this case She was I very disagree. repetitive with it I'm the I first to admit, but and her I've, voice, I've
1: said it before That powerful enough music surrounding it Can overshadow that for me Which easily. is
2: what this did It was yeah. the
1: vocals were purpose, purposely matched To an incredible
2: build-up of a plethora of instruments. There was electronica tones. I thought about the opposite way
1: around, that the the other instruments were supporting her. Yeah. That every little... Fantastic production on this track. Every little note, every little instrument, every little note came in and perfectly complimented her in every yeah, it way. was all
0: about her singing in this song, but that, yeah. that was the focus on this track. we really had fun with this. And then track nine, I think I'm the only one of the three of us who actually liked it. No, not true. Not ba- true. Battle in Me exuded con- uh, this kind of confidence and confrontation all at once. It no, was this I, uh, powerful battle song. That no, no. felt in the Interestingly rhythm.
1: Interestingly enough, this was probably the most creative track on the album. But I'm not going to say it's the best track of the album for that reason. I think there were some areas oh, it wasn't where it showed a lot of promise. And then other areas where it was just kind of, huh, that's a strange no, choice. It was, it was but once see,
2: again controlled. It was just like track yo, four yeah. where it was solid, raw-sounding music with, once again, the choruses got a little too gentle. A little, yeah. And too? It, def, it had Damn. creativity. It had a great ending once again, and it was extremely emotional. But
0: the jarring yeah. silence that they did in the
1: post-chorus, I <coughs> thought, was fantastic. Like, I just that like was that, that, that moment kind. that yeah. I just said is the moment where I, I, I'm not sure it quite worked. See, I understand the artistic choice behind it, but I'm just not sure if that was the time s- to pull it. See, I disagree. I think
0: that that sudden silence... And then thrust back into music and then sudden silence again kind of aided in this kind of confrontational back and forth. No, I I equate this to
1: the track, the fourth track, Control. It was very, very raw, and I wanted more of that. And I think that the chorus killed it, as it did with Control, and I think think that silence killed it a little bit. It's it's very...
2: I think it was a repetition of that silence Because it was used four times In each chorus They could have done it once As sort of an exclamation point And then built through the chorus Into something different And I think that might have worked a lot better Because that silence was very jarring But it was very ingenious In how they did it I gotta give them that they they did something.
1: I'm not gonna go as far as ingenious. I they think did it was something a bit really the cool. They did something really cool. <laughs> Fine, we'll be more realistic. It was it was just cool the way they designed it. It's meant to grab your attention,
2: and it did it. And then we had once again a dip with men on a wire. I disagree. I, I felt, liked Man mm, on a Wire. I felt yeah, I that's it could be like
1: punk, and this was punk, but it was man, punk edits. It is it's, a generic kind of punk. It's this it was,
2: less
0: to do with the fact that well, first of all, this generic punk was still not as generic as
2: half the Green Day crap we've listened to. Recently. I with that. I with that. Yes, but this was In 1980s Pixies. I just still don't think very much no because I don't very like the Pixies. So. No, I don't no, no 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 you, so you argue don't like way. the Pixies I don't. This was the Pixies.
1: This is the Pixies. Mm-hmm.
2: This is the Pixies. I don't know. We're, I will. Oh God, I could see chords I- equating to exact Pixies. Maybe it was with. her singing yeah. that guided me through it, that kept me liking
0: it because the the. I but typically I for- don't like the. Pixies. You might
2: be forgiving this track a little bit too much because of the voice. Maybe. And I can't that. forgive this yeah. track in spite in spite of its voice. It was just still too much. <clears throat> too much of. Uh, Standard uh, chord
1: progressions that I've heard a thousand and one times in the 1980s and 90s punk yeah. era. And that's why it's interesting. This is kind of a longer album. Uh, deluxe edition, even though we're not really going, because that apparently that's the most standard released. 15 tracks it's what I, is what is well, released in that's most. That's what I was uh, able to find. I mean, yeah. that's what it looks like anyway. But I'm stating that because uh, this is the point where I would almost think that the album is winding down, but we still have many more tracks at this point. And Beloved Freak, which was, in fact, the final track of the original album,
2: uh, really did actually put a period on this, but it was it turned into more of an ellipsis. I gotta say, Beloved Freak had track. great synth piano cool. complementing each other.
1: Oh, uh, the piano was beautiful in this track. And it was, it
2: was, I, I coined it as Happy Indie, that's the genre this is, <laughs> which is probably the most appropriate genre
1: I could think of.
2: But only it had Happy Indie. It's, it's
1: more, more of a ballad, though. Yeah, it was yeah, only happy and tone in tone of
2: music, maybe, because the lyrics were not... India's happy. never happy in as far as lyrics go, but yes. But, but tone, with tone, it always... It was well, that upbeat usually. kind of feel to it. It had great prominent vocals. Yeah. It finally... the you, you, This was one that was really... They kept the vocals as a forefront instead of a couple of the other tracks where they they kind of hid it inside the music.
1: I gotta say it, because it could not escape me during the track. Keen. Anybody that listens to Keen, they're going to like this track. I mean, it, it's an island in, in a... Very, very weird ocean. Because they don't don't do anything else like this on the rest of this album here. But if, if you treat it alone as a single, I think Beloved Freak was a really, really good song. Then the one. See, so the one...
0: I liked it because of how frantic and panicked it seemed. I liked this kind of... It was kind of manic. Yeah, in its it, way. it was. That was the one where I said that the the verses seemed to pound through a wall of chorus, like dragging the chorus with it, as if it were only picking remnants of the verse with each chorus. But th- and the A and B sections were kind of different. But it kind of felt like there was this kind of forcing through the song, like this frantic to get from one. to And people, that.
1: you know what? People hate on my metaphors. <laughs> you yeah, know, I, I I'm not sure I feel you on that. I didn't catch. Yeah, I'm any not of getting that. that. I love the vocals, I really did. I could not stand
2: the lyrics. I felt they were trite and boorish. I know I like to use those words, but <laughs> in this case, term. these are kind really of it's kind of accurate. It was she's singing about how she's in love with this guy and she hates that she's in love with this guy and wants to kill this guy because she's in love with this guy. What kind of a message is that? Either you love someone or you hate someone or you just find them okay, but come on. Right, There's, because you've never listened to a song where the lyrics didn't make any logical sense. The, but the, it wasn't the poetry.
1: There was no poetry to the lyrics as well. All right, I'm going to put it out there. Redeeming mm. uh, redeeming quality to this track, the voice. omit mm-hmm. yeah. What she's saying, yes. I thought she sang very beautifully. Yes, yeah. and I would liken it to Annie Clark, um, who's, I don't know if she's that popular, but she's a sort of modern, you know, I don't know, check her out. <laughs> Annie Clark, I would say it's a very, very similar voice. And you'd like to pick up the really esoteric It's not forcing words. I don't, I don't wanna <laughs> Am I wrong? How often am I wrong when I speak for you? I guess it's you, have you heard it? Have you heard you can't say if it's esoteric if you haven't heard it. Yeah, I just don't want to talk it? about the next track. Oh brother. Yeah, to be honest. He's talking about you know, his issues with lyrics on this track. I mean the one is nothing by comparison. What, girls, what are girls are made of is, made is
0: of. just very uncharacteristic of A garbage is a band and B just the quality of it was terrible. Is it, is it characteristic of Garbage as a Band? Because no. I don't want to hear no. that. I said uncharacteristic. Oh, uncharacteristic. Yes. All right. You scared the crap no, out of me. No, this is nothing like how they, how they okay. produce, how they
1: write, how they sing. This was just so bizarre on this This record. is a track of angst. Unadulterated angst. And I didn't like a bit of it.
2: We're going to break it down into its three main components. Musically, unimaginative... Very generic, very beat-oriented. but not I like a angst lot and it. The
0: angst in this was still not good angst.
2: Emotionally, this was hatred. And if anybody's talked to me, there was... I do not like hatred. Third, this is a completely unlikable lyric and vocal section. This track, all around, total, utter crap. There's no <laughs> other way for me to put it. This is supposed to be... A female empowerment song. And I'll tell you, I'm not misogynistic, unless it's funny. I cannot stand the way this is supposed to empower females. There's so much good out there. And this is the exact wrong part of it. This isn't trying for equality, but it's just, I hate men.
1: And that's, yeah. not, that's not a message. And Matt was arguing it was satire. Which I don't see. I still, I, the yeah. only,
0: my only issue with just saying that it, that it was a women empowerment song is just because it was so poorly written, poorly produced, and poorly made. It just seems so bizarre for them to actually think for a minute that this was female empowerment mm. as a band. That's the only reason why I thought for a second it was satire. My logic behind it is this is so uncharacteristic of Garbage and Shirley Manson. That it just seems so bizarre to actually think this is, was an empowerment. I'll, I'll
1: even call this at the low end of angst. I mean, you say you like listening to angsty music. I don't like to listen to any variety of angsty music. I mean, punk tries to, is based on a lot of angsty music. But e- this is even below that. This is like a very base level. Is it, is it redundant to say that it's, uh. that it's like immature angst? Like is that redundant? Yes. because angst is immature inherently. Well,
0: no, angst is not immature. You can be an adult and still be angsty. It's it's possible. But the thing about this song is just it's a it's not even regardless of the angst, it's poorly made. Regardless of the
1: message, yeah, true. The song really doesn't go anywhere. That that's yeah. I think the main problem. Uh, I mean, like even if you about to take the, if, the if you're about were... to take it tongue in cheek, if if let's assume that, then you get no. This is my argument. That you get no satisfaction to that satire. Satis- satire has to make a point. But, but also, You can't simply just use satire in the way to mean, like, oh, it's the opposite no, no, of what we Right? That's well, shallow. Like, but,
0: but all I'm saying is that regardless of the angst and whether it's angsty music, doesn't matter. <coughs> whether the lyrics are bad, doesn't matter. Because everything else is so awful also that it's irrelevant at this point. Right. It, it's just a bad song. Let's move forward because the next song, "Bright Tonight," I enjoyed very much.
2: It was a very summery kind of feeling, kind of song. Um, I felt okay. I explained it as you're walking along the boardwalk. It's a late summer night. You're holding a mojito. There's a bonfire off in the distance. You, you got had the to pull best a little cow. bit of uh,
1: Hispanic when you did that. Mojito, mojito, mojito. Well, you're, you're not, or daiquiri, <laughs> <laughs> strawberry daiquiri.
2: Yeah, no salt. No, it was great, easy going, almost Beach Boy. In style, I can see that to a point. I mean, mm, man, different this... era, different era. <clears throat> Later, I Beach
1: can't... Boys. No, even so, no. What, what Beach Boys has... inspired? No, no, you're too far off the mark here. I can't even. Beastie boys. boys, get out of here. Just boys get... to men, get out of here. <laughs> Leave the podcast. <laughs> I know this um. To be honest, I really did enjoy it. Yeah, I, I, very I, I, he's on point with summer.
0: I mean, if yes. that's
1: the one connection
0: it, it had a very kind of um, Lullaby-esque Lyrics that meshed very well With this kind of very summery Kind of sound and acoustic guitar Except
2: and... in the chorus yeah, that was a little bit of thing. breakdown The vocals kind of got drowned out in the chorus And they were, there was a great Soothing nature to it And then the chorus comes in And it's like, what is she saying?
1: I was enjoying that. What happened? The The lullaby is in her voice. That is the lullaby. And then the tone, the instruments, the backing—it was just a little bit too quick to actually support that lullaby. You can't completely fall asleep, and yet you want to. You're torn in two pieces there. It's just like, no. If I want to fall asleep, I want to fall asleep. Just, just end it. (laughs) I guess it's because they wanted to keep us awake for the last track. So show me. Was the last track?
0: I started out very low key. Very, uh, uh, a very minimalistic. Yeah, very minimalistic. But then it built. It built up, but didn't. It didn't overshine itself. It definitely built to a nice level, and it was a very strong close closing for this album. I just thought it was very very it, well. It, it, it was a
2: better closing than the actual closing of Beloved Freak. <laughs> it really was a solid track, and I'm surprised that this was actually a bonus track.
1: Beloved Freak would have been more of a safe ending, but uh, this Show Me ended with a lot more ambiguity. Which is what it I It had prefer.
2: amazing layering of, of slow progression of the instruments. Uh, more of that ethereal stuff. I yeah, was loving it. Yeah, built it up. And then it went to a B section that was just initially jarring, but
1: quite complimentary. Yeah, this is an ABA. Uh, this is a ternary form track. Yeah, I, I put that word on you. Uh, this It's it's interesting, because I, I did mention this in an earlier track that um, there was a B section that was a little bit too brief. You might not even call it a B-section if it is so brief that you can't appreciate it. So there's been other instances where, you know, you pull away from the norm and then you return to it so quickly that it's like, why did we even pull away in the first place? But when it came to this track, it pulled away in a way that was just so... It was like a whole new world. I was loving it. Don't you dare close your eyes. (laughs) It was so... uh, It was really a great
2: finale. I mean, it's not my favorite song, not even close. It was up there. But it for me. was solid. It had solidity all throughout. That's a thing. I think that might be why it's my favorite song. I don't at know. this part of the album, this is a close. Now, we've got about 15 songs here. Not about. We have 15 songs here. We have about 12 or 13 different genres in this song. And there's that really. Album. And little of them grouped. Quite a lot of them. Uh, spread it's, out. It's a roller coaster. There's no arc. That's one of the big problems I have with this. While there's a. A feeling throughout some of these songs...
1: Show Me almost made me feel that there was an arc that had that power to it. I didn't see it. I, I really didn't see yeah,
2: but I, a unifying force behind it. And this is the reason I'm bringing it up, is if I'm going to listen... If I want to hear punk, I can only listen to one or two songs from here. If I want to hear a nice melody, I can only listen to one or two songs from here. I can't. It's hard to listen to this album as a whole. I disagree completely. Yeah. Okay. No. Let me finish. Let me Completely. No. I'll, I'll There's too finish. much variety here. If I was going to make a playlist of variety, this is how I would set it up. If I was going to make a playlist of I want to work out a compendium
1: of 21st century music. Suppose if, if
2: I wanted to do a, and I wanted a sort of feeling of say melancholy, I can only pick one or two songs. If I wanted a feeling of energy one or two songs there's just so much back and forth up and down in the different tones that i really can't focus on one thing throughout this album well let's
1: get back to our good old album arc discussion because uh (laughs) there's been other moments where we say that you know an album should not be completely sad necessarily no unless you really are going for some kind of concept but there should be something unifying something unifying i don't feel unifying i i do think that there's a unifying um I think the electronic nature of it ha- has certain little things that carry over. It's it's subtle, but it is there. It is very subtle, cause I didn't hear it. Yeah, but it- it's weird because those same tones are being used for completely different genres, and that's why I- I'm inclined to think you're right. Like I I I don't, on the whole, believe there is an arc. And now let's go back to Matt because he's looking kind of. Hmm. I just you waiting. Are pouting.
0: I'm, no, patiently waiting. The reason I disagree is because coming from uh, a place where I enjoy making mixes of different kinds, huh. this this album is very well pre-mixed. It's got ups, it's got downs, it's got... Oh, so you don't have to stuff. do any work.
1: So they save you some trouble. That's well,
0: it. my point is, is, yes, I like albums that have consistency and have an arc and have all of this stuff. But I also like my fair share of albums that have diversity and are kind of all over the place. Because this kind of takes me... ...to different places without having to go lump my own decision of highs and lows and fast and slow. It has it all in this already. But, I. Uh, with that said, though, there is still a genuine over-complete arc missing. Yes, I'll agree. But, not... and John's made this point before, there is a somewhat of an arc in the titling of the songs and some of the lyrics... It's not enough
1: to make it obvious, but it's there. And like I said, I think there's a little bit in tone. I agree. Instrumentation and whatnot. Because if you look at the song, or even
0: what you said about certain songs, how one was lust, and then love, and then this kind of control, and then feeling left out, and then having a definitely
2: I could say this song really meshes well with that song, because while it's similar, they are different pieces. But it's... Scatterbrains. It's, no, it's, it's a scatterbrained
1: frigid. in terms of its genrefication. I agree with that. It, it, that's Because arc is a much more subtle word, word than uh, genre. You almost think that you know when an artist is, is putting tracks on an album, you're going to get one genre. You'd you think so. But the, there's not really a rule anywhere that says that. And if they can come up with a way okay. to actually blend it together, kudos. Are you going to...
2: Cons- search Tankian. Surge significantly changed the way he made his music during his album to that there were significant changes in genre, yet had a solidifying arc throughout the whole album. True,
1: but he, he changed it to one thing, right? And I, I agree with you. that that That's the main problem here, is that there is a real disparity. When you're in... going pop, punk, pop. A little bit
2: of hip hop, electronica. True, but soothing.
1: Again, again, Arc is more is, is more subtle than that. It's more ethereal. Like, We're talking about the feel of it, the feel of it, not strictly- yeah. I feel like some
2: of these tracks are Rage Against the Machine with All American Rejects with freaking. Dashboard Confessional? Why is that necessarily bad? Yeah, because still... I would never put Rage and Dashboard in the... I would never put Dashboard Confessionals yeah. anywhere. But I would never put Rage Against the Machine next to a band like that. I mean, I mean, it it a, is an
1: interesting... It, it, it see, is kind of a presumptive playlist. Yeah,
0: like it's... It's. But see, some of my favorite playlists I made random. growing up... And mix CDs I made growing up... Would jump from pop to punk to rock to rap
2: rock. Like, I like that you're jarring not, but, okay. jump. That's why I'm still but in the middle here. But because... say pop to punk... To I mean but but like punk to rock to rap rock, I mean that's not a big jump, but emo to I don't know death emo. metal? I mean uh, there's
0: no emo in here. He's a, you yeah. no, there's a little bit of emo. Uh, Sugar? No. No.
2: No. 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 I not just in simplicity but in tone. That's alternative
0: no. contemplation. Yeah. That's not Yeah, emo. it's not emo. You're wrong.
2: And it really should be next to uh uh Battle and Me. Sugar and Battle and Me should be right next to one another. Because they work well together. No, right? they work very well
0: together. All okay, I was being together.
2: sarcastic. I not think. I, no,
1: I, I do. Did. I
0: think they work together th- in their differences. Also, I think they work together. Just well. Just to go
1: back to my original comment here, I don't want to. Uh, I, I I can't stress enough how much "Show Me" almost confirms that there was an arc. Yeah. Because I, I I know it's not necessarily fair to say that one song has you know power over others. I have to consider the rest of the album. But some times one song can really have power over others. It will say that one thing that almost makes you understand the rest. Yeah. It incorporated a lot of things that were used earlier on. It almost it it was kind of the uh it was was the the epilogue. That's better. The very, very astute epilogue. It was almost the glossary. Get out here. (laughs) Get off the button. You mean appendix
2: (laughs) and shush. It's appendix. Not appendix. That's that thing in your stomach. It's a useless
1: organ. (laughs) I lost mine. I don't want to see where I left it. Anyway, let's
2: start. Uh, all right, we're we're let we, me we break it down. We broke it down. So let's give ratings, Steve. Mm-hmm. He never goes first.
1: Let's make him go first. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, I'm just blurt it out. I'm burning it out. This is a four. This is a four. This is a better than average album. I really do think that because. Um, it's that there's something here for everybody quality that I think is really, really going to get it in the market. I mean, I think there's going to be at least something here that a wide variety of people will be able to to grab hold of, and the others are not so far off the mark to make them dislike it, to make them, you know, say, oh, well, I'd only take this one song, the rest I can leave. The rest they may still be able... It's that cross-genre thing. The very thing that I liked about Serge Tankin, that... So I come to think of it, you gave me the perfect example, (laughs) because he is a guy that tried to cross genres, and I think it's very important for an artist to do that, because it reaches out to other people, it makes them consider, oh, maybe I would like this after all, because it has a little bit of this that I already like. So I really can't think of a better way to say it. Actually, I think we also talked about the script the same way. Uh, not quite to the same extent not, but they did the same sort of thing not they did a similar thing garbage is in between they weren't breaking boundaries garbage
2: is in between the way the script did it yeah. and the way
1: surge did it you know yeah actually that, that that's that, a fair I would say that
2: right um i'm astute you're astute what's astute I said the right word, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, that's so... It, I hate you people. I wanted to leave you guessing. <laughs> yeah. I hate you people so much. Words are so hard, and you keep going, oh, that's wrong, John, but it's right! It's right! I'm staring him down.
0: Okay, uh, for me, um, I think that I I actually agree with Steve 100%. I think this is definitely a solid four album for me. Um, and for the same reasons, I... It's not my favorite garbage record. Um, that's still reserved for version 2. But uh, but this is definitely, I think, a great quality work. I wish that her voice... What, what holds this back for 5 for me is her voice just isn't pre- as prevalent on this as it's been in the past. And her voice is one of my favorite things about this band. Because without her voice, it's just another electronic band, and who cares? Like, there's tons of them who do it it's better. It's another electronic rock band. But that's what I'm saying. But there are a ton of bands
1: that do that better. Her voice is the distinct quality that makes it a little different I think. I think else. what holds it back from the, you know, five or the upper fours for me is uh, depth. I think they yeah. could have gone farther with a lot of their ideas, but they did good with it. But, but there are so many tracks on here that even if I
0: didn't, <clears throat> I didn't love the whole track i the things that i didn't like in the track weren't enough for me, to make me not like the track at all like stuff like control or battle in yeah. me where even the things that well battle in me i don't agree because i actually liked all battle in me but like control we all agreed there's stuff that does detract from control but not enough to make it a bad track it's just a little disappointing from what we were expecting but I mean, I there's so many songs that I like so much on this record, like "Not Your Kind of People," "Sugar," "Battling Me," "Beloved Freak," "Show Me" at the end, which was just such a beautiful wrap up for this record. Yeah, it just. And, I mean, the only song I blatantly hated was What Girls Are Made Of. And it was a bonus track, so
1: I can even kind of just forget it. And the other thing is it had those spine-tingling moments. You know, the moments that I look for. The creative moments that I've I've even admired about some bands that that really don't know how to tie it together. And they actually knew how to tie it together here. Like man, those those ethereal reverb moments yeah. were I uh, really really impressed And crap Still songs like Not
0: Your Kind of People and Sugar, like the I felt something. I mean those yeah. songs are so heart- heartfelt, you can't not but feel those lyrics. Even though they were simple, in sugar especially, you still felt something from it.
1: Yeah. They well, were powerful. And you know what else? We've they had... left they left the album on a beautiful chord. Yeah. I just wanna put it out there. Yes. Maybe it's shallow, call it shallow, but it's such a beautiful chord.
0: But uh but in closing, so yeah, this gets a four from me as well. I thought it was very good, I liked it. And there were just a few things holding it back from the next next tier or so, but I definitely give it a solid
2: four. John? Yeah. Tracks 1 through 11, and then 12 through 15. I, I don't know, I almost want to actually say the deluxe, even in spite of Show Me, the deluxe makes this album suffer because the one was a bad song, and what Girls Are Made Of is a crap song and really actually dragged down the ending for me. Yeah. It, it took me a few... I really had to shake off tracks 12 and 13 going into the end.
1: Even that's a mixed bag, though.
2: Because... I, I, if I can point to a song and say I hate it, I can't. I can't. It hurts the whole album. If there's something okay. on it that I fully hate, I cannot rate the album But in even... spite of it.
1: No, it's true. That's I think fair. we have but this issue with uh, the Avett Brothers. We'll go we'll yes. go with the whole solidity here.
2: There's five there's like five great songs, five good songs, and five really not very good songs. And if I can divvy up that way <clears throat> it should be a three, but there was enough ingenious in this that I'm gonna give it a three five. It was enough variety while well, I say the variety detracted from the arc, which is why it can't be a four. It can't have it doesn't have any solidifying force behind it. Um,
1: it seems we're going to leave that up it, to, it's, it's uh, up to, geni- taste to yeah.
2: This is a very much you'll have fun with a lot of these album uh, with a lot of these songs, uh, regardless of your tastes, yeah. which is which is something great. But some of it's bad, some of it's good, some of it's just okay. It's got enough variety to bounce it up. So three and a, half. All right. three and a half. So yeah. we're about we're about almost on the
1: same page. Which and I love far. sugar. I'm truly, I'm going to... I truly loved Sugar, Show Me, and Not Your and Kind of People. Oh, yeah. Those three songs are actually going to make it to playlist. Not Your Kind of People was just like, it was a variations on a theme thing going there. So it was... Again, showing they can they can do, you know, with another form. Good stuff. It was Beatles meets R.E.M. meets... I don't know. <laughs> Any number of other bands. Yeah, I'm I know. I'm telling you, this is the problem. I could not talk about this band without talking about others, and... And weird variety of ones at that, but that's what we're gonna leave it on because uh, it basically comes down to uh, whether it has an arc or not. Me and Matt feel we see one; John doesn't. A... But yeah.
0: that's fair. I mean, oh, well. a, a difference of point five for arc versus no arc. I mean, that seems that seems about appropriate and within scale to what we've done in the past. So. Yeah.
2: And this is okay. This is the first album I'll say has a zero star. This is the first one ever, and I think that's really what's oh, the dragging song? it, down it me. Was a zero for you? It's the first album with a zero star
1: song. Because uh, yeah, the message is, is, if the message is, is crap on on top of a crappy song, yeah. yeah, it goes from a one to a none. Eh, all right, all right, I'll buy it.
2: Now let's get to the actual our our, our discussion of the week. This is the one I came up with uh, last podcast that we never actually got to because I didn't explain myself quite right. <laughs> I would like to discuss the difference between active and passive listening. And why I feel certain songs and certain types of music are better listened to passively. Well, because one is active, and, and one is passive. Active and listening that, the versus passive <laughs> listening, just to give you a recap, because I know we've discussed about this. Passive listening is something that is soundtrack style to
1: what you're doing. It's background music. It's something you enjoy because you don't have to pay attention to. It can to. support, perhaps enhance a mood, that kind of thing. But it, it's it's not going to invade your soul necessarily. Active listening is what we do. We
2: we try to specifically take apart music and see where things are good. And you're 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 on every right. note and every word and trying to experience. We, we want to be fully. invaded.
1: We want to be so invaded. Yes. Don't make the joke. Don't make. <laughs>
0: um, what I want to say here, though, going forward first is. Just because one person finds something to be better passively doesn't mean that that's fact, because there are plenty of what you'd be considered typically passive music
2: that I will listen to actively and quite enjoy. Matt's kind of pre trying to preface me and saying because preface. I'm the preface me preface me, <laughs> preface me because I'm the only preface one here I'm the, the only face. one here who truly believes that passive music that there is music that can really just be passive. That you cannot enjoy actively.
1: I need you re- I I to re- re- reiterate that. Re- reiterate there is music, and I can point to specific songs
2: in genres, if I knew what the words that they were called, because there's certain songs in, say, classical music. I find that there's a lot of classical music that is best enjoyed passively. I find there's a lot of techno music i find a lot of music that is pure instrumental we'll call it ambience music is best listened to passively
1: okay i'm going to a lot of classical yes not all classical i'm not going to say full genre no of course I would never, never, make never that. a full genre but it's funny you say the word classical and i'm going to get a little bit of history in there little hi- little history yes professor classical as is to say not the what we lump everything that's like before 1920 you know, classical is actually a genre that's a much much narrower period you would probably associate it with Mozart, he is ultimate classical, we're talking quite specifically between the years of 1750-1820 it's actually a historical time period and a style of music that was kind of intended to be passive which supports your entire theory here because it was actually termed, I forget exactly which historian termed it as such, it was called Musical Wallpaper. You can't get any more <laughs> passive than that. That's fair. Because it was actually meant to be playing in the background during ballroom-type stuff. You know, people would be talking, and then you'd have your little your little five-piece uh, ensemble in the background, and they'd be playing. Is, is this the first white noise? <laughs> I wouldn't quite go that far. It's very pleasant. It goes back to what I said earlier. It can enhance a mood. It would... Certainly make you feel regal <laughs> if you were the nobles dancing and listening to it, but yeah, it, it is definitely passive, and it was actually written to be that way. Well, except for the people that really, really loved their own work and wanted you to step off to of the side <laughs> and immerse yourself in it. But I'm yes, not sure it was a lot of very, it that. was very edgy. What Beethoven did. Beethoven was quite edgy. That's why it's interesting that he's on the edge of the classical and romantic boundary because no one can really figure out where to put him. Anyway, I believe that there's other... Like, last week, All right,
2: we, we went into a large discussion about ambient music. I feel that the majority of ambient music, whether it be rock-oriented, punk-oriented, pop, what have you, including electronica from dubstep to trance, is a lot of it is designed for passive for enhancing another situation. Instead of trying to dissect it, you're supposed to
1: use it to alter what you're already doing. That's the thing. I don't think that a, a writer uh, of or a composer, I don't even know if I want to call him a composer at that point, someone who literally loops the same beat for five minutes straight, I don't think, and while maybe adding certain other layers or whatever, I don't think he honestly intends you to sit there and be like, oh, I can't wait to hear what the next beat is. You could probably figure it out. I one think, in ten, it's going to be the same as the last one. One in ten.
0: I think on the other side of it also, there is some music that can really only be enjoyed actively or you'll completely lose it. Like, you'll completely lose what it's trying to bring to you. And I think True. the best example of that would be any, th- any kind of comedic intended music. Because you've got to get the joke. Well, like, for example, Flight of the Conchords, oh, yeah. Tenacious D.
1: If these songs have a that, punchline... That's arm, almost a given. That's kind of... Speaking That's of flight, a monologue in song you it uh, has to be active of course Speaking of flight flight of the valkyries Wagner
2: is a great example of pure
1: instrumental active listening You know why Romantic era mm-hmm. yes. not the classical era which is why I didn't use the word classical Right right the yeah romantic era all about active listening Yeah absolutely. kind of inherent with the word I mean these are people who really, really, really were passionate about the kind of stuff they were doing. They completely rejected the whole classical movement. It's like, no, no, listen to me, love me, feel my passion, and feel it's my a, pain. You find that in jazz. Jazz is all about active listening, experiencing the music in and of itself. Yes, and yet, interestingly, some people do just treat it as passive. Passive listening, yeah. like well, uh, Which is why... The difference between the person on the stage and the person off the stage Which sometimes. is actually why I, I have
2: an extreme dislike for Kenny G. And let me explain this. Uh, he treats the know. saxophone He treats saxophone like a passive instrument. And we were talking about this earlier. Talking about the... the
1: Sexiest we're... instrument on the planet.
2: And Kenny G turns it into a nunnery. It's freaking ridiculous. <laughs> it's jazz that you're not supposed to experience. And that's why I don't like that style yeah, I don't of like, music. I don't like turning jazz into elevator music. Exactly. Never
1: never was a fan or of that. Or
2: Muzak. M-U-Z-A-K which is a whole new actual breed of music that's like actually becoming popular. Sounds like a drug. It's actually
1: meant to numb your senses. And Yeah, that's
2: exactly <laughs> what it is. You take um, that music? <laughs> anything lyrical heavy is usually meant to be a more active uh, experience. Rap. B. oh yeah you couldn't listen to rap passively it
0: wouldn't work I mean take for example just yeah. the stuff I've played for you guys in brief like the uh, Shape of the dark Lord where there's a joke as well in some of those songs and it's got a heavy and yet interesting contact.
1: you just honed on one of the primary reasons that I think separates rap from uh, a lot of a lot of other listeners out there while sometimes you know everyone is guilty of, of, of keeping away of certain genres for this that or the other reason and at least as far as i'm concerned it it, it relates to what i said earlier when you have something that repeats over and over and over i tend to associate that with something passive and that's in the background of a lot of rap is a repeating loop of some sort and yet over that you have this whole monologue that you're meant to listen to actively it's like this clash of worlds sort of and that's always kind of thrown me for a loop (laughs) get it no, fine. Don't about that. But, but yeah,
0: this is very funny. But yet, there are also uh, certain artists who could be considered passive just because they're not actually using lyrics. But I still find very active listening, like Reggie Watts. Reggie Watts and the way he loops. A lot of people would listen to that very passively, but me, I'm so fascinated by the way he loops and the no- sometimes the
1: nonsensical oh, yeah. lyrics the Because there's other uses. loops being layered on top of that, and then he drops out the lower one. You know, there's a lot of other stuff going on there. I- yeah. I'm literally talking about the kind where it's the same loop for the entire track, and there is a lot of rap out there like that. But there's also a lot of rap now that isn't like that. I agreed, and that's the kind of stuff that's intriguing me more and more. Right. And we could also talk yeah, about... Yeah, pat yourself it. on the back, John. Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, I wasn't going to talk about that, <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> Um, another <laughs> another way to dissect this active versus passive is is the way passion versus passivity is used in emotions. Um, a lot of the more emotional tracks are meant to be actively to especially when you're talking about anger, lust. While something like love and sadness tends to be a more passive experience, can be. Tends. I'm not unifying everything. <laughs> but I'm saying. A love song, a true no lullaby. <laughs> a true lullaby song, while you can really, really get into it, is going to lend itself more to just enjoying it for what it is and going about as you're listening to
1: it. Yeah, well, that's true. And there is a whole genre that's meant to make you fall asleep. So, obviously, that has to be passively intended. I mean, it does have to go back to whether what, what the artist wanted. I think if 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 it's clear that the artist wants you to care and you're not caring, that's a failure on their part. Yeah, but I mean also there are plenty of scores and purely instrumental
0: soundtracks that are very active as well, where some others might find them passive.
1: And in my opinion those are the best soundtracks, as we've talked oh, yeah. about. The well, kind, like I was the talking about the Hobbit soundtrack. Yeah. Has, Can you separate the actually, movie from the music? Yeah. A vast majority of
2: video game and movie soundtracks would be part of that. Uh, nowadays, production levels are astounding by comparison to, say, five years ago, let alone the truly beginning of movie and music, uh, musical scores, yeah. uh, especially video games, especially in the uh, video game industry. Music has gone way, way high well, in production levels.
0: Some games use tons of actual popular music, and other games have these huge scores that are like uh, a big budget movie. But I also think that, like, getting on the soundtrack thing, uh, soundtracks that I prefer that are active are not necessarily always ones with scores, but sometimes ones that the soundtrack is just so key to the movie, even though it's comprised of songs that are just songs that could exist outside the movie. Dark Knight. Well, that's a score. Dark Knight was a score.
2: Oh, you said soundtrack. My apologies.
0: I'm talking about... Things like Scott Pilgrim, which I've mentioned many times on the podcast before. Or I recently saw an advanced screening of Warm Bodies. Warm Bodies had a soundtrack very much like Scott Pilgrim's where these songs were songs within the movie that the characters were putting on on vinyl record in the scene, but it also lent itself to making the scene memorable, but also can exist on its own because it was a song that existed before the movie. We again.
1: always land back on this topic.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. You know, no, no, it's matter matter a great, no You know what's a great song that's both active and passive in movies? Under Pressure. By Queen and David Bowie? Yeah. Under Pressure.
1: I guess it establishes a tone it's, kind it of. Actually,
2: yeah. It actually, I, I could think of scenes from multiple movies where it was an, it, it's more of an active song than a passive song.
1: Which is weird. I'm going to sound kind of like an asshole here, but I think it's getting a little bit passe at this point. Yes. No, no, a that lot. is very it used it a lot. Yes, but it's used properly in some places. The use is yeah. getting passe, the song will
0: never be passe. No, I agree with that, yeah. Because that song's still one of my favorite songs of all time, it's up there. On the whole, you... it's a great place on the album itself. So, oh, similar. this is going to be completely off topic, but I just remembered, um, since we're talking about David Bowie, he has a new single coming out. Oh. In, in a week or two, yeah. He has a new album coming out really? this year. Uh-huh. So I'm interested to, to hear
2: that.
0: Because I like old uh, I, I like a lot of David Bowie and I even like the changes. I kinda from,
2: wanna do this one. I well, kinda wanna review this one. Well also because uh. with
0: David Bowie, I like David Bowie because I would love to see he's done songs to like, like like uh, <laughs> um, like Space Oddity and he's also done songs like Fame. I love Fame. I think Fame is a great song, but it's for different reasons. It's a different kind of song. Alright, let's try to wrap it back around. Do you
1: call him a passive Listening th- artist or an actor? I
0: think David Bowie would be both. He can be both. Because of the kind of songs he's put together and he's got a very, very... Um
1: soothing voice I think he can go either way but it's also that kind of voice where you're so immediately aware that it's him yeah of course I don't think it's possible to completely turn that off no, probably, you know, for better yeah. or for worse oh no, yeah Freddie no, Mercury no, Jim thing. Morrison yeah. you can't yeah, turn these, these are voices up. that are yeah. just so
0: stand out or exactly. even
1: more modern like Search Tankin or or Jonathan Davis these are the, of the kind of songs that, that often like in a car full of people that might have differing tastes you'll put one of these tracks on and all of a sudden you've managed to unite the whole entire car in singing And the best song for example pretty, of that every time cool. is Bohemian Rhapsody every time. Probably true. Bohemian,
0: <laughs> yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody I Stand is still my favorite active listening in a car song ever because if you're in a f- car full of a full car of people two in the front three in the back and you put that it on just everybody's huge. singing
1: in 2,000 everybody's going to be singing along. Yeah. Everybody
2: knows that song. Yeah. Well, let's
1: talk about different kinds of, of active though because that's a, that's a very specific kind of active. That's that, that uniting anthem kind yeah. of active. You know it's almost not the same kind as uh as what one would experience with classical or jazz, or, or sort of like some other genre example, it, it's hard to to well, yeah, love ska, ska from its inception
2: to modern day styles. I mean, that, those are just solid anthem, uh, active type of
1: music. Really, I would have thought that was anthem style, style. Ska? Yeah. No. I mean, not anthem doesn't necessarily mean you you can sing along. the, the way that the use that I'm. Bringing anthem here, I think it's some. Um, it's more like the kind of song that can unite people.
0: Well, you're thinking of songs like uh, piano man. It's like man. all right.
1: If, if, when it comes to ska, if, New if, York, if you're not New singing York. together,
0: yeah, or New York. New when York. it comes to
1: ska, if you're not singing together, then you're skanking together. That's that kind of anthem thing. It's, yeah. it's united. Did you just call it skanking? Yeah, yeah skanking well, dancing. Okay, I guess it's not usually followed with ing. But I needed a present progressive. Uh no, lounge music. There's a lot of
2: 1930s, 40s and 50s lounge style. That, that would that I think would actually do the same well, sort to, of thing.
0: to be fair, no, a not. lot of
2: Sinatra would do it. Oh,
1: lounge. Okay. All right, yeah, standards. Standards that kind of stuff. Could, Well, also True. like think of like Elvis. Yeah, To yeah, to 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 that crowd definitely. Yes. But also think about like Richard Cheese. He does
0: he does lounge versions of modern stuff. That's I feel that would be a lot more passive to listen to because it's slowed down and it's kind of you know very. Relaxed
1: right. and kind of chill. I think it might well, straddle what? it. It might straddle the active passive. The division that i was trying to make here is the other kind of active listening. The kind where you are literally immersed in your headphones. Right. Or even just alone in your car. The kind where you're actually focusing on individual notes. Where uh, you're making. You're, the... you're, you're, uh, you're acknowledging the layering. I don't think You're, you're driving just... along and all yeah. of a sudden you're air guitaring and fearing and Unless other you traffic. have very, very specific friends, I don't think this is the kind of stuff that you can necessarily. like. You can't always bond with people on. Oh, Because of it affects course you on such a personal that be- level. Be- that it's another level different. of active listening active listening.
0: Right. Well, like the active listening I had with Matchbox 20's newest album, I love that album, and yes, I we did not. Right, see. But I got pulled into it, and I—I. I, it's one of those those ones that would bring me to that next level where I'm listening to it on such a deeper level. But you guys, it was just—you know—you liked the songs; they were good, and there were a couple yeah. that you really identified with. But it wasn't on the same level. I
1: think and it, that's actually where I really thought you were going with this uh, whole I, topic originally. I think it comes down—is that kind of active listening?
2: No. Well, I mean, no. it's
0: it's also like a weird one. Think think of this is something what I like, to talk about. We're yeah. talking about it. <laughs> think about a song like "Don't Stop Believing" by Journey,
2: which is like the and everybody does song. the double fist looking up in the yeah, air. Yeah, you know, don't stop, and you pull a fist to your I chest. and people do they that sure and some stuff. This
1: is not. There's nothing wrong with it.
2: We, we will it. rock you. Everybody claps along. Everybody, everybody. Yeah. everybody. You could hate this song. You're going to clap along because we will rock you.
0: Actually, I was talking about this the other day with my father. I wanted to talk about, and this is kind of off topic, but it popped into my head while we still have time. Queen's um, Another One Bites the Dust is one of those active listening songs that you notice so many more intricacies when you listen to that song. It was one of the earlier songs to have those kind of sound effects, to have, have these kind of effects. Like kind of bring you out of the song, but also kind of kind of bring
1: attention to the song like on another level. It brings you out of it, but it also brings you into it. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I see where you're going with that. I mean, Another One Bites the Dust is very, you know, a subtle little little mm-hmm. murmur in the background. Yeah. And just that, that perpetual clip-clop. It's, it, it's,
2: it's interesting. Yeah, and then you get to the chorus and everyone's like, never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. Rickroll's another... I really another... thought
1: that we could go the whole podcast without a Rickroll. I really thought that. That's
2: another song that's everybody... That's an anthem now. It is an anthem now. Now.
1: It wasn't in the 80s. It
0: is now. That's so bizarre. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I, I, it is it is I mean I well my thing about Rick it's, actually, I, had, I had
1: a professor that was he's about like maybe 15 years older than me or what not and he finds it absolutely hilarious the whole Rickrolling thing because he remembers when the song was out he remembers how it was, how it was a good song but it was kind yeah. of a flop at the time and now all of a sudden it's getting this surge like, I wonder if we're going to have the same experience where in like 15 years or so we're going to hear something that was out now kind of was a passing thing then all of a sudden it's going to get a in popularity sure. I can't I suppose it's even have, still happened to things like that we've known since the 90s yeah. I mean every once in a while. Well, the thing with Rick, with Rick Astley also as, as far as sound goes is if you act
0: when you actively listen to him at the time when he came out, he did not sound like a scrawny white dude with that deep heavy voice. He did not sound like this tiny little scrawny white dude think, in voice. I think yeah. Matt's
2: got the man crush. Not really. He's got <laughs> the man. Crush. I'm just
0: saying that that vocally he sounded very different and then you see him
2: and you're like this oh. the little white
1: guy in an oversized suit is hysterical. Well, that was Buddy Holly. Same di- I mean, different zone, but seriously. Same but he deal. had a Same deep deal. Buddy and
0: Holly had the same kind of deep baritone voice? Oh, no, not with the, not with the talk- baritone
1: I mean, the look. The yeah, look. the look... No, the look... What I'm talking about, the look, is the look didn't suit the voice. He had this but it deep didn't, voice. Uh, no, but with Buddy Holly, it didn't necessarily suit the music. Oh, They associated, they associated rock at the time. They associated it with your, uh, your Elvis-type character and other kind of heartthrobs. Buddy Holly was just, just a kid, you know. Right. Just still your typical nerd next door, and he picked up a guitar and he was damn good at it. So, mm. but the only thing is that when it comes to active listening, I, I still think it's so much easier to talk about anthem uh, music than it is to talk about that other kind of active listening because it's so much trickier to actually relate with people on the kind of thing that you're obsessed with yourself right. in your own comfort of your car or headphones. That kind of stuff gets overlooked, and, but, it's, even e- it, and it's very – everyone tries to reach that in other people, and it, it's, it's a complex equation.
2: And I, I feel like it's – passive might be, actually be easier to talk about than that sort of active, because passive yeah. listening – passive Definitely. listening, you can use a lot more of uh, emotional words to, d- Not uh, to emotional describe Not even emotional words, piece. it's just no, broader, exactly, because broader every, every uh, words. This is the part where you're just supposed to
1: embrace the true melancholy and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, certainly a lot of crowds, you know, that would certainly back in the '70s that would actually oh, zone man. out and just
2: totally just be one with the chords and that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, wrapping this up, our next week's album. Speaking of ambiance and active versus passive and all this sort of stuff a great segue we're going to review the halo 4 soundtrack as long as the wall street players don't show up if they do show up we're going to do their album um the halo 4 soundtrack uh the original score purely original did not actually use anything from the previous halos as well uh as performed by the uh, london orchestra Ooh! yes fancy yes I- Push my glasses up and raise my chin into the air. Um, my pick, my choice. I and I, I, I'm actually. I've listened to a couple of the tracks outside of the game, and I think everyone here is actually going to
1: thoroughly enjoy it. And I'm putting that down. <laughs> we have not tackled any orchestra, orchestral pieces yet.
0: No, I was going, going to, to do The Hobbit, but I haven't gotten to it yet. So this will be a first. Yeah. But uh, why don't we uh, close up with another fan email?
1: Ah, yes. And this week, our fan mail. An intriguing discussion is worth comment. I think that you should certainly write more on this topic. It may not be a taboo subject, but commonly men and women aren't enough to speak on such topics. To the next. Cheers. By wholesale NFL jerseys. Wholesale? Well, I know you want to go after them, right?
2: Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> go Niners. Um, to the next. <laughs>
0: such an odd close. Well, thank you for that. We'll take that under consideration. Um,
1: <laughs> what take? What are you taking under consideration? I don't that know. we should. I don't try know it. anymore.
2: I don't know. We men should.
1: and women aren't enough to speak on such topics. We have to break down the gender barriers in our society. We need to break down the species barriers in society. Because you know, excluding men and women, we're only left with cats and dogs and the rest. But I, love how it's, I love how it's cats and
0: dogs and the rest. <laughs> I'm pretty sure
1: that's Steve's what people can
2: relate to. Excuse a global sexual. That sounds about right. That's so weird. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's the weirdest thing ever. You as always, guys, love Mother Earth.
0: As always, guys, click the right. donate button. Uh, give us your feedback, comments, questions. Click it. Click, click it. Click it. And uh, and as always, in uh, in closing, music is life. And life, life is good. Is
1: good.